Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, and happy new year, sports fans. Welcome to the first episode of Minus Three, presented as always by Omaha here in 2023. We're happy to be coming to you with some good news earlier on Thursday on DeMar Hamlin. You may have noticed we didn't spin earlier in the week out of deference to that, the uncertainty of everything that was going on there. It didn't feel quite right. As you may have noticed, Kevin Hench is a bit of a wiseacre. So too is Dave Damashek. And we, bottom line, just didn't have a ton to contribute to the ongoing conversation um, or necessarily didn't have to other than providing some distraction as we typically try to do here. But like we say, some good news on DeMar Hamlin. It sounds like he is awake now and uh, on the road to recovery. And we certainly hope, obviously, that uh, that continues in that direction while we're sending out good wishes um, closer to home. Shout out to my old man back in the hospital again. Shout out to him. Shout out to Mo Damashek, who has been by his side, sleeping in a chair. This is an old lady herself sitting in a chair through the night to be by the old man's side. So best to both of them on the banks of the three rivers as he tries to recover. And you know what? We're going to talk about football today, college and pro football. And I'm sure my old man. If uh, if he's lucid enough to do so, we'll certainly appreciate the respite from everything else going on and absorb the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. As I expect everybody, no matter how bothered you were by what you saw on Monday Night Football, we all were. Um, I suspect that people are anxious to sit down and watch the great distraction, perhaps our greatest distraction in society. Big time sports and a big time spot. And speaking of that, we're going to be in Las Vegas for all of it. Make sure you get out there and join us. We're all looking forward to this trip. It's the Extra Points Live Palooza. Everybody from the Extra Points Network is going to be out there for a meet and greet and a live podcast at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club in Las Vegas. I don't know how we were able to book it into the Jimmy Kimmel Club, but somehow pulled some strings and we did it. Monday, January 9th from 2 to 3.30, we're going to glad hand with you, back slap and otherwise, then immediately after, stick around and watch the college football national title game along with us. That's the Extra Points Live Propapalooza. Tickets are on sale for that at Ticketmaster and Vegas.com. And then, of course, on Sunday, week 18, the big one, all hash going to be settled there. The Kimmel Comedy Club from 10 to 4.30 all day, basically, all the games. Um, and Kevin Hench and Sal and Martin Weiss and Eddie Spaghetti's going to be out there and both of the Megans. Oh, the list goes on and on. So come on out there and meet us. And then Megan Gailey's going to be doing some live stand up at 8 p.m. at the aforementioned Kimmel Comedy Club tickets for that. Also, Ticketmaster and Vegas.com. And with that, let's finally say hello. There's Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass back from his trip to Staten Island. I think it was a mostly positive one for his rags. I think you saw him get back into things and uh, play yeah. a little bit better than they've been playing. Beating those Canes, uh, winners of a, ending an uh, 11-game winning streak. Yeah, really. And I, I and by the way, I was all set to make my announcement, and I'm going to stand by. One game's not going to change it. I think the Canes are the best team in the in the very – very brutal Wales conference out of all, all due respect. I think the Bruins are obviously going to be a factor in it. And you heard his voice there a second ago, Kevin Hench, muscle tough to you on, uh, on the big win in Fenway park and on yeah. 
one of the guys who lives in in Fenway Park, Raphael Devers, coming back for 2023. How are you? Well, I'm great. I was so, so glad to hear from you, hockey expert, that you think a team that has not lost at any of its home venues yet this season in regulation is going to be a factor. You think they're going to be a factor? Well, that's nice. I do. That's right. You know, I do. That, that, you know, if they don't lose at home, uh, they'll win the Stanley Cup, right? That that's although we did we is did that how lose, it goes? we did lose the winter classic hero, Jake DeBrusque, for uh for a couple months, it looks like from the one of the or both of the injuries he got in vanquishing your pens. But enough about hockey. Let's well, you took down Tristan Jari, our uh our world class net mine. And that's going to be a big blow to, but listen, we'll talk about the Penguins. We'll have time for that come February and we'll sprinkle in some hockey talk along the way here, but we'll talk about football. Any thoughts you want to share about Demar Hamlin, but I'm not trying to jam you up on trying to wax uh, uh, about that. Well, um, I mean, obviously like everybody else, I had, a, I had a ton of thoughts about it and, you know, uh, you know, it's like it's wild. And this this world we live in where I mean, I guess part of the problem is like if you express your thought. Right. So we we all have the same collection of thoughts. And then some people express them all on social media. Some people keep them to themselves. But it's it's we're human beings. So, like, I always think like Scott Van Pelt, I really think I've never worked with him. I don't know anything about him, but like he strikes me as a good guy. Like I feel I I feel a, a humanity from that guy. Like I suspect he's mm-hmm. a good dad. Um, and I think we all feel the same way about Skip Bayless. Maybe not a guy you'd you'd want to uh, spend your weekend with in Vegas. But so everybody, you know, had the same collection of thoughts at the same time, which is like, oh, my God, I hope I hope they can save this guy. I, hope he's okay. I hope he has the Chris Pronger recovery. I hope he plays 10 more years in the NFL. I'm, you know, I I'm, I'm sick to my stomach for this event, but everybody who all degenerates like us are all are simultaneously having the same thought about like, what are they going to do? Like they can't play football right now. Nobody can play. You can't ask these guys to play football. It's already Monday night. What are you going to do? And then the added layer of, I don't know what percentage of football fans play fantasy football, but pretty much everybody's fantasy football season is has been paused. And it's like, yes, we know none of this is as important as this young man's life and his well-being. Nobody's suggesting that those things are as important. But all those thoughts go through your mind. But if anybody, everybody has the same thoughts. But if anybody expresses those thoughts, then they're a horrible human being. And it's like of the 1.5 million horrendous things Skip Bayless has said. And, you know, it's like I was like it was weird to me that it was like that guy's got to resign for like everyone's like this is kind of a logistical nightmare. You know, it's like, um, you know, Kennedy was assassinated in November. Like what? You know, when the league is like, do we play the game? What do we do? Like. You know, and now we're in this situation and I don't even I mean, I don't know what's even on the table, but like, you know, um, so the number one seed is not going to be decided. These teams are not really going to be they're not going to participate in that. Like, you know, I think, first of all, everybody who hates football jumps, you know, opportunistically jumps on something like this to go. 
uh, barbaric. This is what we're talking about. And it's like, um, look, those kids in Uvalde have to go to school. That's how our society is organized. Kids go to school. Like, you don't have to watch football. You don't have to consume football. Everybody on that field is a vo- is volunteer. Like they they want to play football. They love football more than any of us. They you know this is what they signed up for. They know the risks, and so be, those of us who love football and live for football, I think we do honor those guys. We always want the union to win in negotiations with the owners. We always want the pension to be fully funded. We want disability for those players who put their bodies on the lines. Like we. We love we love football. And what when we say we love football is we love those guys. We don't give a about Bob Kraft. We love we love the gladiators. So we want them taken care of. And so, you know, when when the football haters weigh in to say, you know, this is what we've been talking about. You know, this is what they do to black bodies. So they, they invoke race. And it's like, I don't have to look it up. I don't need a pie chart. I know for sure. The single biggest transfer of wealth from white people to black people in this country has been the result of sports like white people don't want to share their money. I mean, and and NFL owners are are no different, but it's like we we have created this this thing called professional sports where LeBron James is going to own a basketball team in Las Vegas and be a billionaire. And that's good. That's a good thing, you know. So, so I was really like all, all the the haters coming out to just take a shot at football, um, you know. And then the the ghouls coming out to talk about the vaccine. Good lord! Like it was a rough. It was obviously a rough uh, thirty six hours. Um, but you know, I everybody sharing their agenda. It's an opportunity to, to do that. I agree with you that and having spoken to any number of pro football players about that and the collisions of it, it's not baseball or basketball. This is, you know, dangerous stuff um, that that they're doing. And I've, I've asked them, Eddie Spaghetti's been there to to listen in and, and be a part of those conversations over the years. And they will consistently tell you, I mean, there's some percentage of guys that just don't love it. You know, they understand it's a transactional thing that they are risking their body. And they're even good with that because of, um, what it does for their family, the the generational wealth that it creates, not just for them, but for, um, you know, for the next hundred years in those families. And so they're willing to take the risk, the long term. And we're just talking about concussions at this point, you know, for the most part, but not something as dire as what we saw earlier this week. But you also see it reveals that people there's something about the way things flow, I guess, in society that rich people are resented across the board. And so then people, I, I agree with you that we generally are on the side of these guys who are putting it on the line, but we also kind of will embrace the brand over the individual. If he asks for too much money, who, what, what does he do? He's just playing a game. What's he doing after all? Um, it's a means to an end, even if you have a passion for it, that's, that's the paradox of it too, is you have to understand we're human beings. Yeah, we do. But you're also still willing to put it out there because you love it. So, because you know they're wired in such a way, like not just this is my job to make this money to do this. I love this game, and it, it's really so many quite a thing to bounce off those guys. In the there are so many opportunities before you start getting paid to quit football. I mean, right, right. I mean, think about think about Pop Warner into high school, right into college. If you don't love it. You 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 would almost by definition have to love it 
to get drafted in the NFL. Um, what was the guy's name? Chris Borland a few years back, the Niners linebacker right. who who just said uh, Eddie Lacy didn't love it. He infamously didn't love it, you know, and and was kind of Albert Haynesworth loved out it a lot game. less after he got his guaranteed money. Albert Haynesworth was like, <laughs> guys, bad news. I don't love it anymore. This all this money's guaranteed. I don't love it. Sorry. Well, um, that's I mean, but 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 what I'm getting at is there's a guilt from our side of things like is it a Okay, to watch it. Like, are we supposed to now week 18 fast approaching? Like, cool to be picking these games and be excited about watching well, the football I, you know, games. I mean, but it, the football players themselves, I assure you, for the most part, as spooked as they surely are to step foot out there, we'll get into it. I can almost certainly guarantee you across the board. And I'm talking about the Buffalo Bills, I'm not talking about the Texans playing uh, the Colts or anything like that. You but know, is, I think they're I mean, going to do it and they'll be able to. This is getting the headspace that we're I doing mean, this for Demar. This is why it's why it's those of us who love it. You know, I mean, you know, whenever like you know, my kids ask me like, "What's what's your favorite sport to watch?" I'm like, "It's the NFL. It's not. It's a, it is a distant second. You know, it go like it's like I love the NFL so much, and part of it is I understand." how extraordinary it is what those guys are doing and risking. You know, it's like, I, I'm not a NASCAR fan, but that's always been the, they like part of the reason people like watching NASCAR is because the Dale Earnhardt thing could happen. You know, you're watching, you're, you're, you know, you're watching something treacherous and dangerous. And, and so, um, you know, maybe that says something about, about us as people, but I, I feel like, what what they do is incredible. When someone like Tom Brady is like, I want to go back and keep doing it, even though I obviously don't need any of the things you just cited in my life, generational wealth. It's like he loves playing football and he loves being a football player, right? And when those guys, that fraternity, like what, what makes them who they are and makes them special people is that they're they're willing to strap it on. And, you know, be on a field with Vonta's perfect. Like, that's great. There, and there's a percentage, there's a percentage, of, same as there is in society at large, there's a percentage of guys that aren't worthy of your uh, emotional and spiritual support. But there are uh, uh, maybe even an outsized percentage of good guys around. I mean, Damar Hamlin said in advance that he wants to play pro football for the the platform it gives him. And so, you know, not just a football player who's a human being, but a good human being doing what he was doing. And so great news on all that. Well, Please in, addition, in addition to the massive transfer of wealth from um, your Bob Kraft types, uh, the other thing that I, I guarantee, I guarantee, even though everyone likes to talk about like this football player's in trouble and that football player's in trouble, there is definitely a net reduction in violence in a society because of tackle football. I mean, when you take all those 14 to 17 year olds and you hmm. send them after school to bash into each other for two and a half hours, like that, you know, this testosterone, like it's not pleasant to go through life going like, hey, this guy won't turn right on red. Should I kill him? Like testosterone is not a fun thing to drive around with, like where you're like at, at an at an instant you can be in a rage. Right. And I just think like 
bashing into each other. Like I never left football practice. Like I want to go get in trouble. Let's go shoplift. Like I was, you know, it's like, you're just gassed. Like it's, and so, um, you know, you know, everyone bemoaning just, this is this stain on our society and our culture. I'm like, this, this is a good thing. This is a positive thing. And I mean, obviously a net, it, it is a net positive. You're net absolutely positive. right. And, that. and now, you know, all the stuff you learn about being a teammate and being a good, you know, member of your small society, which is your team and taking that out, you know, of course, not a hundred percent of people are going to do that, but I, I, I truly believe there are more DeMar Hamlins in those locker rooms than your, your various ne'er-do-wells. Um, and that's borne out. I mean, you know, there are so many good people doing good things, sharing their success uh, in in professional sports, uh, you know, as opposed to if they didn't have that opportunity. So, you know. Well, you look at it and you really think like, you know, the the pay it forward notion, um, the within the league, you know, as uh, the more role models you create create and you reward it with Walter Payton man of the year and all of that, it becomes something to aspire to. And when you see guys who are like that around you, and I really think that the league and the teams and the individuals in those locker rooms have now generated the vibe that this is what you're supposed to do. If you have this platform, you're supposed to use it better to be Muhammad Ali than Michael Jordan, you know, yeah, conservatives buy uh, sneakers too. Okay, but also it's good to make an impact beyond just that and to use your platform. But okay, enough waxing from from Damashek at least. Anything you have to say, Hench, have added it. Otherwise, I say we go into our goat and goat of the week, our first of the year. And I'm not going to – I. I I don't want to be up on Mount Pius about it. It is a statement, a fact. People can talk about whatever they want about their their conspiracy theories about what happened to Hamlin and everything else. We must shout out, as much as you're seeing it now on social media and otherwise, it is deserved. The heroes are those guys, those people who ran out onto the field and saved that kid's life in the moment. Then they transported him to the hospital and the good doctors and nurses at the University of Cincinnati, saved his life, and they're heroes. And of course, they're the uh, they're the true goat of the week. But I don't want to reside up on Mount Pius. So you don't or you don't think we should be, be uh, about you don't think we should be keying the car doors and slashing the tires of healthcare workers? You don't think that's a good I don't I don't support you're not in no, favor I don't. of that. I, okay, interesting. I'm not in support. I take. Take it away, Hedge. Go ahead. All right. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Have you been betting with Caesars Sportsbook and Casino app? If so, good job. Keep it up because every bet earns with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, you're getting closer to amazing perks like game tickets, free stays, bonuses, and more. And if not, well, when you do get started, your first bet is on Caesars. Register with promo code OMAHAFULL and place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, congratulations. If you don't, you'll get your stake back as a free bet, 21 and over. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with an eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum Bet credit, $1,250. Must be used within 14 days of 
of receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem, Arizona. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas. Affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call one 800 9 with it. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. So um, uh, agreed. Again, we talk about heroes, real heroes and man uh, and pressure, performing under pressure. That's just some extraordinary, super erogatory behavior uh, by by those by those pros. Um, my goat, my good goat, and and I almost wanted to do Jacob Truba just to drive you nuts. But I le- like Truba had a great game against the Hurricanes. I'm like, really well. I'm he's playing, he's playing extremely well. Yeah. Goat, this guy's the greatest of all time, Jacob Truba. Um, but <laughs> I always like it when you can give your good goat of the week to the actual goat. So Tom Brady in the Wayback Machine. Uh, it, it, it just a, a vintage prime, those throws to Mike Evans. We remember those throws. They've been absent virtually all year. Um, 32 for 45, 422 yards, three touchdowns, added a rushing touchdown. And what it reminded me of was um, May 1st, 1991, 44-year-old Nolan Ryan goes out and throws a no-hitter. Like, uh, you guys aren't going to get a hit. I'm 44. I'm three years older than my manager, Bobby Valentine. You're not going to get a hit. Uh, and and so Brady reminding us and, you know, to to clinch the playoffs, kind of, you know, a high stakes game. Uh, it really was, you know, in danger of going out with a whimper. And the GOAT reminded us very emphatically. Uh, and again, always, always down double digits in the fourth quarter, right? Always got to be down double digits in the fourth quarter. Down 10 to the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Down 13 to the Saints a few weeks ago. Down 16-6 to the Cardinals. Like, it's it's really nuts 
that this guy is still doing it at 45. All right, let's not get too crazy with it. He stunk the vast majority of the season. But that said, all of a sudden, it really is starting to feel like it's going to be Rodgers and Brady in the NFC mix. And, I mean, imagine, you finally have, what if you're, Freddy Spaghetti and Danny Dimes and uh, and those Giants and that's who you catch in the first round or your Dak Prescott and the Cowboy. I mean, you know, it, it really has got to feel like a stinker. But I, I we know it's also wild say, that the Cowboys, you know, if the Cowboys end up going into Tampa, right? That's that's how it looks, right? That right, yeah, that, right. You know, so so the Cowboys will be favored, right? Right. A, oh, a, yeah. A, oh, you yeah. know, three and a half. And it's weird More than that. that all the pressure will be on them. Yes, all the pressure will be on them. And, uh, supposed and by to the way, hang heavy. I got to say, I mean, Dak gives the ball to the other team an awful lot. When you're when you're trying to run the table, you can't you can't ha- give away any more games uh, once you get to the playoffs. And, and Dak, you know. I mean, he lost the snap, like he just pulled away without the ball. Like, you know, so, um, yeah, uh, that that's an intriguing matchup. Um, Water finds its level, I guess, over 17 games. But the but the other thing is quickly that we should address here is because there are a bunch of theories out there from people who you would think are semi plugged into what the NFL is going to do to kind of resolve this. It feels almost certain now that the Bills and. Bengals are going to be called a no contest that that game's not going to be repeated um, or played, but then obviously it creates a, a, a weird scenario. And um, the idea of, of eight playoff teams on both sides, because you can't really do that to the AFC side and then say to the NFC, sorry to you. Um, never mind the fact that that then kisses in the Lions and see how like not great teams, but neither would be the Pittsburgh Steelers as much as I would love to to see that happen. Um, I, I obviously would embrace that, but I'm sure you would with Mac Jones and the Patriots getting in too. The thing it reminds me of is I I've been thinking about 1982 before Eddie spaghetti walked the big blue marble. Do you remember that year? The strike sure. year where sure. they, it was, I think they called it like now they call it already. Now they call it like super wild card weekend, but I think they called it that in 1982 or something. It was like wacky wild card weekend. And there were eight wild card games. Do you remember that? And the it, chargers it, it, beat it, the Steelers. Dan Fouts came in and rallied the chargers to beat Terry Brown, like a good, still a pretty good, like, back end of dynasty they weren't the juggernaut anymore but still it was like that was the last shot for those pittsburgh steelers with bradshaw and all those guys um but maybe that's the solution it's like if, if they could do it around a strike okay so people will bellyache well we didn't know and we wouldn't have sat our starters but okay i do I mean, that to me that, complain about that not the that nfl not the network fair, maybe not fair to the eagles who didn't have anything to do with it but um it, it certainly in the AFC, you know, it's like y- you you can't sort of award the one seed to a team who is watching. Uh, seems weird when the Bills held the tiebreaker. But I love that eighth team. Now, the way you sell it behind closed doors to the NFL is money. Go make a little more money. That's what I just said. Right. Exactly. They're, they're, the reason that this works is because of exactly that. The NFL will be like. So you're saying extra games. 
and yeah. and uh, ESPN and uh, whoever else is going to be like, yeah. That does not sound terrible yeah, at all. Awesome. And, yeah. and by the way, for. the Eagles would benefit because they, they would catch the worst team and the Chiefs would benefit because they would catch the Steelers who they would surely annihilate an arrowhead. Um, but it's fairest to the Bengals is who it is, who I feel like it would catch the short end of the stick if it's like, OK, two teams get a buy like the Bengals would be like, what the hell? We were about to score a second touchdown in in. uh in the queen city the other night, like, why are we the three seed? Like that, that will happen. That will be ugly. You have to avoid that as well. Like we're getting a raw deal because of what happened. You know, they, that would be a, a bad look as well. So anyway, continue. Go. Okay. So listen, so Brady, I'm an unbelievable performance. Now, you know, sometimes I think we'd probably come into, we don't, we don't have any pre-production. We don't, we don't, we don't even, uh, cons- we don't talk about what we're going to talk about is all, this is why no, we talk so, about other crap. Yeah. This is why it's all so smooth. Um, so sometimes it's like, well, we could Don't criticize me. That's a shot at me is what it is. I understand it. I can read between the lines. Oh, wow. You're getting sharp. It's a free flowing conversation. Under- Isn't that what we under- always want? You understand when I'm insulting you? Wow. You're really clearing up there. Damn it. <laughs> so what a so, creep, uh, you know, move over times true, where, but we you have know, a new candidate for creep of the like, week. you know, Brady, you know, we could have the same good goat or bad goat. It's never happened. Uh, but my bad goat, I feel super confident this week that, that I'm the only person on the planet who has this guy as my bad goat of the week. It's going to take a little while to explain it. Nick Mullins. Boy, Nick Mullins. Hmm. Like Nick Mullins, you know, he's a, he's a longtime listener to this pod. He's like, how did what did I do? What I'll tell you what you did, Nick. I'll tell you what you did. Okay. So this is probably my, this might be my worst of all time. I have been crushing teasers, two-team teasers, three-team teasers, call it a sucker's bet. They have cashed week after week after week. And part of it is that the Chiefs never cover, but never lose. So you got to get that number somewhere down to not covering, but not losing, and you're gold. So I, this was my three-team teaser this week. Cowboys Thursday night tease that all the way down to four against the the Dobbs Titans. Chiefs Broncos tease that all the way down to two and a half. They win by three. Money's in the bank. The money's in the bank. Third leg of the three team teaser. I tease Vikings Packers up to 58. I tease it up to 58. It's like, come on, it's winter 58. Money, 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 money. Okay. So special teams touchdown, not great. Defensive touchdown, really not great. But then things get settled and they go to the fourth quarter with 30 total points. Again, under 58 ticket caches. So these guys are scoring. Like Rogers runs one in. It's 41-10. Two minutes left in the game. Packers punt to the to the opposite 20, Nick Mullins decides, hey, man, this is my Canton, Ohio audition. Now, here's the thing I, that drives me nuts about garbage time, right? So in the NBA, the team that's getting blown out is allowed to jack threes and keep trying to score. But at a certain point, the, the winning team is not supposed to dunk on a breakaway or not jack a three. It's like, Hey, those scrubs are playing their only minute of the game too. 
Maybe he would like to make a three-pointer. Like, guys want to fight after. So, in principle, I feel like um, you're allowed to try and score. All right, Nick Mullins, you're allowed to try and score. But then the Packers should be allowed to blitz, right? We shouldn't suddenly be watching. If you're trying to score, they should be allowed to try to stop you from scoring. Like, they should be allowed to try to crush you. So, of course, the Packers are playing it like a no pads seven on seven scrimmage. And Nick Mullins goes four for four, 57 yards, hits KJ Osborne with 21 seconds left, 41 17 <laughs> final. My mom's like, why are we still watching this game? Shut up, mom. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> like, this game's over. You don't understand, mom, what a three team teaser is. <laughs> so, Nick Mullins, congratulations, Nick. Congratulations. I'm sure you'll, by the way, I think all of the Vikings' flaws have been revealed and their early exit. I can't wait. I'm going to find Nick Mullins on that bench and just be like, suck it. Four for four, <laughs> 57 yards. Congratulations. You did it. You scored against a team that wasn't trying to, to, to F me and my, my three team teaser. Oh. Over 58. Maybe. And, you know, ties lose. Ties lose. So you go 2-0-1. And, and you got to catch it up with Sal in the D3 to express your bed ache. That's a good bed one. Ache. That is like, the, and the, I have been, and as you know, I've, been, I've had a very good year. I have no complaints, but that is a bed ache for all time. Nick Mullins, bad go. Well, our teaser on the uh, college football semifinal didn't pay off. My Ohio State plus six and a half did. Spaghetti's pick of Ohio state to win the title six weeks ago was looking so good for so long i really it's i i know football games move at a different rate than what our eyes are used to and so it's always remarkable it's always like how did that happen even though we've now seen these kind of comebacks it feels like in the last 10 years in college and pro football uh you know we've seen a hundred of those whereas in the preceding 50 years we saw maybe like six or seven that you would point to yeah like don't forget that one time frank reich at maryland rallied them back you know with um so it's crazy that happened but ohio state's just got to be sick i mean i know michigan is disappointed they get upset that way but ohio state man oh man what a dream that would have been for all of us for them for spaghetti who was in on that and then Oh, we don't even have to beat Michigan. We just have to beat this team, and they it's, would. It's they so would a cruise. They would a cruise for sure. It's so sick. And George is going to do that too. I'm sorry to yeah. uh, be a Scrooge, but, but minus twelve let's, and a let's half. Let's not jump ahead to the same pick that we're all going to have. The but, four seed would have um, been favored too. Like Ohio State would have been favored over TCU, which is like incredible because oh, of yeah. how well they played. So yeah, they would um, cruise. And then, but the other, I mean, there's so many parts of it that hurt, but. Obviously, if they have Harrison, you know, they score three total points on those last two drives. Yeah, that's right. Three points. It's like, obviously, if they have Harrison, they're not getting sacked for a 12-yard loss on second and five on the possession that would have ended the game. The penultimate possession they had where they end up with the field goal, they they just would have marched that into the end zone. Uh, devastating loss. Uh, uh, but I was reminded by one of our loyal listeners that – uh Four for four on my NFL picks uh, oh. last week. You know, I was just happy. To very good. Very, very nice. Well, then you could be a goat of sorts. I already gave you my human goat, the the doctors and nurses and uh, first responders. And beyond, in pigskin terms, 
who else is going to get it other than one Ken Pickett, the real deal. Kenny F. Pickett is his head coach calls him to his face. What was better than that moment? It's going to keep me warm all through the off season. I can't wait for September 23 already because of number eight and what's going on in, uh, in the black and gold right now. I, I, I know. Mean, I mean, listen, those when you back to backers, look, look, when you can go, I don't care what when you can go toe you to toe to with Tyler Huntley in a shootout. I don't care. And, and then come you out ahead. If future looks bright. You can't hurt me right now. I don't I don't give a good goddamn. Listen, you said it already. Patrick Mahomes just beat the Broncos by three. I don't know. Everybody, everybody points to that. The, the cynicism of football fans is like, so what? You beat a backup QB. Boy, so what? Kenny Pickett threw for 160 yards. Big whoop. All the games are close, everybody. If you win a pro football game, that is succeeding, period. And if Mike Tomlin wins this one and continues his streak of of uh, non-losing seasons, it's remarkable. Um, but that performance by Ken Pickett, come on, that was nails. Two weeks in a row. The big drive doesn't do anything the whole game, but then puts it together when the game's on the line. I'm over the moon. Now, I bet that's not goal. the last time he says Kenny F and Pickett, but it'll be in a different context <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> Maybe you're right. You may be right. Now, very quickly, because I don't even know what to make of it. It's just such a funny story. I want to bring it up is the Jeff Saturday, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau back and forth. Thibodeau, I, I mean, listen, you really think the kid's going to sit there and, and be doing snow angels if he thinks Nick Foles is, is damaged next to him? He didn't know it was going on. It was a little weird that he went to the sideline and did the sleep thing, but I don't know what that was about, whatever. Um, okay. So Jeff Saturday, what did you think? Be like, I'm sure the guy didn't know. I mean, uh, play a game of emotion and blah, blah, blah. No, no. Didn't like it. Jeff Saturday had to take Thibodeau to task is, is upset with him for the disgrace of doing that. The, the snow angels and everything else. And then Thibodeau responds with like, I don't know who Jeff Saturday is. And so if somebody who I don't know criticizes me, it doesn't it, it doesn't bother me at all. I love I don't think it was a shot. If it is, Thibodeau then becomes my goat of the week. Good goat, because then that's a very funny thing to say about the opposing head coach. I think he didn't know who he was legitimately. Like, who's Jeff Saturday? Which calls him the way like, what the hell goes on that he wouldn't know who Jeff Saturday is? Like, well, why would he care? He's, he's a giant. He's not getting ready for the call. Do you think they're talking about the head I don't know. How does through osmosis? It's the same thing as when I talked to my wife about like Kenny Pickett did it. And he just drove the team down the field. Like who's Kenny Pickett? Like by being around me for the last five years, wouldn't, shouldn't you have heard the name Kenny Pickett to the, at least be like, who, Oh, the guy, the guy who throws it for your team. Right. Like, well, especially <laughs> given all the all the hand wringing, all the hand wringing over the Saturday decision. I mean, I I mean, this means obviously he doesn't watch like NFL shows, like he doesn't know Jeff Saturday from that world. Um, I don't know how much Grand Theft Auto this guy can play. He's not heard from any of the people he works with, uh, any of the assistant coaches. Like nobody's mentioned this to him. I got to think uh, he he knew who he was and was pretending coyly that he, that he didn't. Oh man. Jeff Saturday. If he goes to uh, back to broadcasting, I hope he moves to the booth and has to call every giants game forever. That would be fun or becomes an assistant coach on one of the other NFC's teams. Well, Anything it's wild, to keep, right? Any, you, you, you think you can't, 
you think you can't, you know, whatever, how do you, you know, how do you hurt your brand? But like, I remember when Matt Millen, right. Matt Millen goes back to the booth after, you know, drafting Carlos Rogers, like after, after proving he knows nothing about football, we have to go listen to him talk about football. Like what you don't, you've, you've definitively, Charles Rogers, who is the receiver? No, it was Charles Rogers, Mike Williams, and uh, I, and Roy Williams. I think none of them are. It's crazy that it that then after all that, then they get Calvin Johnson. But yes, that is one of my favorite things about uh, to say about Matt Millen, like a nice guy by all accounts and everything, a really funny, good guy. But um, hey, I don't need the expert voice when I mean. You could say, Dave, you you don't know as much about football as Matt Millen does, like. Well, that is ambiguous. What has been made very clear is that Matt Millen doesn't. I he is he is through his deeds made it very clear he should not be considered an expert on it. Maybe I'll know something more than he will. We won't know till we try. I belong in the booth is the answer. Eddie Spaghetti, take it away. Goat and goat, then our best bets for the weekend. And now a quick break. Yeah, I'll start with uh, my good goats here. A quick one that just added uh, Notre Don't Dame. Don't say Truba. Well, he's been playing very well. But uh, Notre Dame using okay. the transfer portal, like all the other schools, Notre Dame obviously can't, struggles with this because of their academics. But getting Sam Harmon's huge. Uh, I'm excited to see them play in the college football playoff next year and lose uh, massively in the semifinals. But that's not my real goat. I'm just very excited over that. My real goat, though, um, Shaq, you picked your team. I'm going to stick with mine, and I'm going to go with the New York Giants. Four wins last year. You fire your GM, uh, Gettleman. You go hire Joe Shane. You bring in Brian Dayball. Um, you have a quarterback in Daniel Jones who nobody really believes in, and people think you have to move on from him. Let's see what happens after this year. And then you go and and not only like do you improve, you improve to the point where you're now in the playoff spot, and then you are now like your quarterback is probably up for an extension because he's playing so well. Um, I have the stats here in front of me. He is uh, 13th in quarterback uh, and, and sorry, in pass rating. He's ninth in quarterback rating. If you like advanced stats, he's seventh per play in efficiency for quarterback. He's fifth in uh, total value add at the quarterback position. That's pretty awesome. Um, he's obviously rushing yards. He's probably not going to play versus the, the Eagles in week 18, but over 700 rushing yards, I believe seven rushing touchdowns. He's not turning the ball over, which was plaguing him only five interceptions. Um, and also shout out to Mike Kafka too, who obviously worked with Patrick Mahomes, him uh, calling the play for Daniel Jones, but really Dayball, like with this roster who is starting all practice squad receivers, like receivers you've never heard their names of. We like I didn't, and I'm a Giants fan. Uh, these guys are on the practice squad, where other teams are taking them to play in positions that were supposed to be filled by Kenny Galladay, by Sterling Shepard, by Kadarius Tony. Um, you know their tight end, who is a rookie, Daniel Bellinger, like he gets poked in the eye and misses a large sum of time. Evan Neal, who was a high draft pick, the seventh overall pick, was struggling mightily. The only like mainstay on the offensive line is uh, uh, Andrew Thomas, who should be an All Pro. Like even their interior O line are all practice to squad guys, lesser known guys, guys who are not being rated really well. And yes, obviously a healthy Saquon, the addition of him makes it a lot better. But I mean, he is just like the combination of Jones and Barkley and what uh, Brian Dable could do is just awesome. Wink Barndale, obviously the blitzing, um, we, we see it every week and week out, but the defense has played well, missing a lot of guys too. Uh, and they got a playoff spot. And I'm just so proud of this team. Whatever happens, happens. If they lose, obviously in the first round or whatever, or they lose the Eagles in the second round, it's fine. It's all gravy because 
rebuilds take, it usually seems like minimum of three years. You got to hit on that quarterback. You got to, you know, build a good foundation. And he turned it around in year one. Um, he should win coach of the year in my book. And uh, I know Daniel Jones won't win MVP, but in terms of value and what he brings, um, the guys face so much criticism, turned it around. So I absolutely love him for that. I think he is the answer quarterback. Um, and uh, I just couldn't be happier. So that's my, my good go. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. The big question is, does Kayvon Thibodeau know who Brian Dable is? Is. Well, as I said on extra points, um, uh, you know, pr- from what what uh, Art Stapleton, a beat writer for the Giants, said when when Thibodeau was drafted, he said that he wants to follow in the legacy of Michael Strahan, and then I believe the names Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, Justin Tuck, and Ozzy Munoz were brought up, and he had no idea who they were, and they said that t- Thibodeau. Know, I'm just joking. It is, a guy it's that, a different thing. Did not know history, but nothing. Did not know the coach going against you on a given day. I, you know, I think we're also, we would be shocked at how little, you know, some, some, not all players, but some players may not, you know, actually pay attention to what's going on. He's just there. Oh, I agree. That's for sure. So it's not that, it's not that. um, It's just the funniest back and forth amidst everything that's going on with Hamlet that these two grownups are going back and forth like this is, uh, is, it's amusing. It's a fun distraction for me. Go ahead. You're bad goat. So my bad goat, uh, I'm going to attack two different stadiums. Uh, the first one being the Rose Bowl. Um, I was there. I, I went to the game. I was very fortunate. One of that, uh, my friends and my, my they they flew in. They stayed with me. They're both Penn State grads, um, and they got us tickets to the game. Awesome game, even in the rain. But this is, I was told going in, the parking situation for that stadium is as bad as it gets. Uh, having to park on the, uh, the the golf course and such. And the whole town of Pasadena pretty much just shuts down. They block up every street. And the line up to get into the stadium to park, and this was, we were over, we were about two hours early, uh, a single file line of cars going down the same street, like where you cannot make any other turns and single file line in all the way from the streets to the golf course where you're now parking like a half hour walk away from the, the stadium. Then when the game is over to funnel out all to the same, like two lane road is just absurd to me. And I understand that it's a great tailgate spot and they have the, the which will lead me into my next bad goat. But they, they just there has to be a better way to to figure this out. Like whether it's remote parking and a shuttle, just, there's just no infrastructure for it, and it kind of took away from how good it was because of how much time I spent, probably close to three hours, getting into and out of that stadium. And I mentioned the tailgating thing; it's a legit thing, by the way. Yeah. It's a legit thing for Angelino sports fans deserve some grace for that. The Coliseum parking sucks. You literally park. You pay $75 to pay in somebody's to park in somebody's front yard a lot of the time. You just described the Rose Bowl, which is my favorite because you park on a golf course and it's charming and it's a hassle, though. Absolutely. SoFi, for all of its greatness, is a pain in the getting in and out of. And I don't even go to Dodgers games anymore for exactly that reason. It just takes an hour and 15 to an hour and a half to get out after the game. It just ain't worth it. So it all sucks. Yes. Yep. And then another bad thing about Los Angeles sports and obviously the national title game is going to be at SoFi. Um, I, if we weren't in Vegas for the extra points live Propalooza, I would have tried to go to this game. Uh, it would, you know, it's going to be a great event there. And, you know, the Rose Bowl, again, to give it credit, has a fantastic tailgating experience. And the the stadium itself, obviously, just full of history. And it's, it's great to watch. And SoFi an incredible, incredible stadium. Uh, you know, one of the most expensive buildings uh, in the world. 
it's just a beautiful thing to look at. I'm, every time I'm inside of it, I'm looking around just going, wow, this is amazing. So much better than their air conditioning unit that MetLife looks like back in New York, uh, Jersey, I should say. But and I get limited parking, but to ha- you already have you have lots and you s- stick like one lot. You designated the pink lot as a tailgating lot. So one out of very few are tailgating and it kind of ruins the experience to go to a Rams or a Chargers game. Um, you know, I, and I had to pay an exorbitant amount of money to go tailgate at the Giants Chargers game a few years back to just get inside that lot. To me, it's very corporate. You're losing the feel of the game because why would I want to go to a game if I could just sit at home and not spend all this money there? You go because you could tailgate, you go with friends, you see other fans of the team you root for, toss a football around, you know, have a few drinks, have a few uh, hot dogs or whatever. It's a good, it, it just makes it special. And we look around the NFL, there's just so many stadiums that have iconic tailgating experiences. And now SoFi, on top of already hearing about when they have soccer matches there, they don't allow the tailgating for, you know, for fear of fights. But now you're bringing in the national title game here, TCU, Georgia, and there's no, obviously, you know, you know, pre-rivalry from these teams. Uh, they don't mix up. They don't match up. So it's it, it shouldn't create any strong animosity. But then to not allow it to tailgate for this big event when college football is more so the NFL purely based on the whole atmosphere and the experience. Like I, I saw at the Rose bowl and to take that away for this game and just make and not allow tailgating to me is so preposterous. And it just, again, you, people get made fun of L, LA sports fans and people who they don't go to games or whatever. Well, this is kind of why, like besides the bad travel, That's what I'm saying. getting in and out. I think you like, have to like visitors it's, it's don't bad. know. So they're like, it's a one once in a lifetime. My team's playing in so far. Or the co- well, we'll make the trip. People are like, uh, the people who are, live around here, like, ah, uh, screw it. But I don't want I'm better off watching on TV. Long and short, though, what you just did, accidentally or otherwise, you just promoted Vegas. Don't hassle with all the fans there. If you're a TCU person, a Georgia person, you're way better off in Vegas at the Kimmel Comedy Club watching with us on Monday night football. I'll give you a real quick here. The Chiefs are a stay away for me. I mean, four times. Four Patrick Mahomes is gonna win the MVP. And to my earlier point about like, oh, so what? You beat Ty Huntley. I mean, the Chiefs have won by more than 10 points. Patrick Mahomes is going to win the MVP. They started the year as a big favorite to get to the Super Bowl. They remain that. They've won by more than 10 points four times out of 16 games. And this is the juggernaut of pro football. I mean, I guess the Eagles are the the true NFC one. But anyhow, so that's a stay away. I'm not a Jared Stidham uh, guy because he had one good game. Screw who I do like this week. I like the Titans plus six. I think Derrick Henry has a, a big day for what it's worth. Go and listen to extra points. I think we all are on board with the Titans. And I, I think just as much Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel, Doug Peterson has obviously delivered in big spots too, but his players have not. <clears throat> I lean at least um towards Tennessee getting that many points in that one I like the Buccaneers um I know Tom Brady is not supposed to play the whole game but the Buccaneers getting for at Atlanta what have you seen in the last six weeks that makes you think Atlanta is a is remotely mediocre even they're one of the worst teams in football once again I am a little disappointed by that because I thought they were showing signs of kind of turning the corner a little bit and brighter days lay ahead next year. But um, the Buccaneers, I, you know, they're a professional operation. They're now in the playoffs. They have all those vets. They understand collectively. And certainly Todd Bowles understands the value in getting into the playoffs on a roll. So I think the Buccaneers do just that no matter who the QB is. Um, and 
you know, it's really hard to make a lot of picks on these games because what incentive is out there right now is really murky given the upcoming scheduling and what's going to be and how many teams are going to be in the playoffs and what it matters to the Bengals specifically. What does this game, does it have any weight at all? And if the chiefs play on Saturday and if they win, how does that impact the need to win for the bills? So that's a stay away, the bills and and Patriots. The one I'm going to look at is, and call me a homer. That's fine. I think the Browns are going to show up. They have something to play for. They need to go out on a good note. Beating the Steelers and dashing any playoff hopes there would would count as being that in a disappointing season. Deshaun Watson kind of played better in the second half last week. That said, the Steelers are on a heater. They've gotten this close to getting Tomlin to yet another non-losing season. I think they complete the deal on the right arm of Ken Pickett, the way they're running the ball. Things are coming together, and the defense uh, has risen up there. I like the Steelers. Minus three at home over the Cleveland Browns. Tempted to go over the 40. I'm going to stop there, though. I'm going to go with the hometown Pittsburgh Steelers here. Eddie Spaghetti, your best bets. Oh, and I already said Georgia. Big. Yeah, I'll start. Minus minus 12 and a half is is like weird, like. Did you fall under a spell watching TCU? The, yeah. the the Bulldogs should kill that team. I think so. I think, um, yeah, it stinks to to give her that. I mean, I'm not even just the field making the field goal. There was a point in that game. I was like, wow, Ohio State's really going to do this. Like they Georgia was just not tested that much this year. Um, but again, Georgia's just a massive talent around the entire roster just wins out. Um, not that Ohio State, but, uh, you know, Ohio State defenses has some holes. And obviously the injury to to Harrison Jr. was was a big one. But, yeah, I think Georgia's going to roll in this game. Kind of why I was saying, like, you know, I feel bad for these TCU fans who are traveling to SoFi um, because, we, like, they're, at least let them tailgate because they're going to lose, I think, by two-plus touchdowns. So I also have Georgia laying the points, too. I think Georgia's going to be um, – they had their one little – not snafu because they won the game, but they were tested. They were afraid. And now they're going to have uh, plenty of time to prepare for this TCU team, who I think would just be overmatched. Um, a lot of NFL games I like. I'm going to start off with this one. The Packers minus a four and a half. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to win this game. Look at Jared Goff's split stats, uh, home versus the road. Um, this game is not just the road. It's going to be a crazy Lambeau field in the cold, knowing the playoffs are on the line. So I feel sorry for Lions fans, uh, but I think Jared Goff's going to have a pretty brutal game. And I think Rodgers a good play point. Right. Goff yeah. stunk. We don't, I haven't seen him in the cold very much but he really stunk four years ago now for what that matters when he played the bears with the rams and the and the rams were a juggernaut they were atrocious when it was chilly outside he he needs the dome and um you know again like at home he's great but this game is not at home sticking with uh what i think is going to be suspect quarterback play cowboys commanders starting sam howell i know dave you talked up sam howell i like sam howell a lot too from north carolina although i do think the quarterback they have now drake may is going to be a lot better um I just don't see a game. I, I don't see this being a game. I don't see Sam Howell doing enough to win this game. But Dallas is laying a touchdown, uh, seven points. I, I just, I could see a lot. Of, they're a, a, a turnover happy defense, Dallas. I could see that happening. Um, I just don't like starting a rookie. And when Dallas needs, if they win this game, they have the shot to to then uh, take the division. So I, I think Dallas is going to come out hungry and they'll win that and cover that game. Another game I like. Um, the Vikings given seven and a half versus the um, they're playing the Bears. The players are starting Nathan Peterman, a quarterback. 
again, I'm just not going to pick a game where you have that guy who is a, a punchline starting for you, obviously with um, uh, Justin Fields injured and a bunch of other guys in the Bears offense is injured. I think the Vikings normally play close games. They had their one game that was not close just from the start that game, which is out of their hands, the returns and, and, the, and the weird interceptions, the pick six. Um, so I just think the Vikings could kind of get back on track. They'll win this game versus uh, Nathan Peterman, a quarterback with the Bears. I do like the Jaguars minus six and a half in this game uh, versus the Titans. Traylon Burks is he didn't practice today, which is not a good sign. And he's their obviously biggest weapon. I know Derrick Henry will return, but uh, I'm just not going to trust Josh Dobbs, who had his first career start. And he was OK versus the Cowboys. But I, I just don't see in a game where the Jaguars need to have Trevor Lawrence playing some pretty good ball. So I, I do like the the. the Jaguars in this one versus the Titans. And then uh, to round it out, again, my theme of picking against the backup quarterbacks um, as of this recording, Lamar Jackson still has not practiced. Uh, I don't believe in Tyler Hartley. The Ravens did not score a lot of points. And the Bengals, I know it might be an emotional game for the Bengals because obviously the events that just happened on Monday Night Football. But uh, I do like the Bengals and Joey Burrow uh, to cover uh, minus the seven. They're going to win this game and uh, they'll they'll beat up on the uh, the Ravens, who are just uh, offensively are just pretty futured lately. Well, Bengals might be the best team in the AFC and maybe if my Super Bowl pick in an alternate universe, they might, uh, you know, who knows where what the conversation would be um, had they continued what they had started on Monday night football, we would be talking about like, oh my God, the Bengals beat the Bills and now look out. Um, but anyhow, give us your best bets, fella. We're kind of all feeling the same thing, which is if you come for the King, you better not miss. That was the chance, right? I mean, this Georgia team is extraordinary. And so when you combine them surviving, and still, you know, living to fight another day with all that went wrong for them. Then when you look at everything that had to happen for TCU to be in this title game, right? This seems like Georgia gets up double digits pretty early. And if TCU has to become one dimensional at any point, like, I think this could be bad. I think it could get, I mean, TCU is excellent. They're a very good team, but um, they that was not exactly uh, an airtight performance against Michigan. You know, every time TCU looked like they delivered the knockout blow, Michigan scored in 45 seconds. Um, so I, I feel like I could see 17 to six at halftime becoming uh, uh, 45. I agree completely, although I will say the only thing that surprised me about that TCU game was that they were brawnier than I imagine. And I'm sure Michigan was surprised by that too. It's like, oh, we can, this isn't uh, Boise. Like that at some point, I think they bought the the idea of like, yeah, this is uh this is that uh that that rando team that gets in every year. We got to just roll them and then we're on to another one of the big boys. Like, yeah, TCU is a legitimate program. You know, they, they have guys who who probably lift weights and everything. You know, the, the the surprise that they couldn't just steamroll them was was weird to watch. It I, to me, has it that weird. feeling I of like the TCU season is a massive success. Georgia season yeah. is only a success if they finish it off. So uh, uh, we all, we all like the bulldogs big. Um, I'm, I, I would love to see this. This is why we need interns here at the minus three. I, I think we all have the exact same feeling when you see a team playing for something against a team playing for nothing, right? We all are drawn to, well, obviously this team playing for something is going to blow out this team playing for nothing. 
And I go back to that Colts Jaguars uh, final week game last year, right? The nuttiest result, but it occurs to me, I think this happens more often than we think. Like this is where we would give an assignment to our intern. Hey, go back through the annals of NFL history, find out all these late season games where teams are playing for something versus teams that are playing for nothing. Cause the line always reflects that right. Vegas bakes that in a little bit. So Chiefs can't cover against anybody. And we'll be in Vegas drinking our crown Royal on Saturday. I don't know if anybody's going to the game, but Raiders with a big upgrade at quarterback, surprisingly uh, getting nine and a half at home after Stidham put up 34 on the Niners. I'm going counterintuitive team playing for nothing plus nine and a half against team playing for something. I'm going to continue that, that counterintuitive with, uh, you know, it, it, it look, look Teddy Bridgewater as of this recording is can't throw, can't grip a ball. Um, I, I like the jets playing just to ruin the dolphin season that like that jets defense still good. Still, you know, has not, you know, that it's hard when your team can't get first downs to keep going back out there, but I like the jets and I like it under 38 well, and a half. What do you, what do you think happens? What do you think happens in that, uh, in that bills, new England game? Cause you're, you're getting fairly close to saying it, go ahead and say it. Who's getting the, who's getting that seven seed there, Hench? Um, well, you know, I think the Steelers are going to the playoffs. That's that's uh, I think that's a play. <laughs> that, play that uh, it I may take, be even funnier than a year ago if they get in. As, as they don't go, they, they don't were doing go. six. Look, I'm still recovering. They they went over seven and a half wins. I'm 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 you know they've cost me a lot of money. The Steelers team, but um and then and then but keeping with the theme of teams playing for something versus teams playing for nothing and betting on the team playing for, in this case, not nothing. The Seahawks will have taken care of business by the time the Lions and Packers kick right. off, right? So you go, oh, well, now the Packers are playing for everything and the Lions are playing for nothing. Well, not nothing, right? They're playing to ruin the Packers season. I like the Lions more after they're eliminated. I think Goff mm. is more likely to play well once you're just a domestic terrorist. There's no pressure on you. It's not win and get in. It's, hey, guys, fast and loose. Uh, all, this is just for fun, just to bum those guys out. So, I, you know, that energy coupled with the five and a half, uh, I'll, uh, I'll go opposite of Eddie on that one. And, and the have- other side is, is that what you may have heard me mention it, once or uh, 17,000 times curse of Sposta is a real thing. Every when you're, when you have the, the weight of being the team that's supposed to take care of business, that's a lot to carry around. These are real, but the lions are a real pro football team. And, and, and pretty good, even though uh, uh, Jekyll and Hyde home and road, um, I will say this. So, you know, Steve Prefontaine, obviously like legendary runner whose move, was to just run as fast as he could out of the gate and see if they could catch him. Like no, no, like staggered splits or keep leave something in the tank. Mm-hmm. That's a little how I feel in our picks league. Like I've gone out fast and, and Harry and brother Bry have just been on my shoulder for like five weeks now. They're like, they're like, it feels like they're intentionally not passing me. 
because they're waiting for the, like they're waiting for the home stretch. My legs are getting wobbly and they're just like sitting on my shoulder a game back. And I've been ahead all year. And it definitely, definitely feels like it's shaping up for those two guys to just blow by me while we're in Vegas uh, uh, to, to take the lead as I as I stagger to the finish line um, in, in our picks league. But, uh, you know, obviously looking forward to seeing you guys. Drinking some can't crown wait. Oil. We'll be this drama will play itself out in front of your eyes if you join us at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club on Sunday for all the fun, ten to four thirty there, and then on Monday night get out there two to three thirty. We're gonna do a live podcast with everybody, all the people on all the shows from Extra Points, and then stick around uh, after that. Megan Gailey's gonna be up there, and uh, I mean that's on. Sunday night and then on Monday night I'm sorry then we're all going to sit around and watch the national championship game and you can watch and see and, and point at us and laugh when the Horn Frogs go ahead by three touchdowns <laughs> um, early in the second quarter and you can all point and mock us if you want to hey good times can't wait to get together face to face this weekend hope you will join us and meet Eddie Spaghetti and you can comment like wow he's bigger than I expected that's usually what people say when they see Eddie Spaghetti when you see me you'll say like wow more ruggedly handsome than I could have anticipated. I don't know what your reaction will be to Kevin Hench, but he'll tell you something um, and talk your ear off when you do meet him. We're looking forward to seeing you out there. And uh, until then, or on the other side of the weekend, either way, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>